Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Life Reimagine, Making the Impossible Possible. I'm Christy May, and I'm joined by my beautiful co-host, Catherine Lucadu. And good morning. Good morning. We have a very special guest joining us today who resides near me here in sunny Scottsdale, Arizona. Nick Puza is an entrepreneur, luxury real estate agent, actor, and professional athlete. By the age of 12, he was pinned as the future of skateboarding along with his twin brother, Tristan. Their talent had already provided them with international recognition, millions of fans, and sponsorships with Nike and Gatorade. The twins eventually dropped skateboarding, which shocked the world and decided to give tennis a chance. They would go on to experience a very successful career in tennis for many years. Nick has appeared on the Ellen DeGeneres show, and in 2010, he starred in Nick and Tristan Go Mega Dega, a Hollywood blockbuster hit. Today, Nick is making waves in the North Scottsdale luxury real estate market. Please welcome to the show, Nick Husa. Wow, Nick. Holy smokes, Nick. Like, I think that you, I feel like you haven't slept since you were born. Holy smokes. Not really. It's been quite the ride so far. That's amazing. So, like yeah. I'm, I was just listening to that thinking you have done more by this age than most people have in a lifetime. That's it's crazy because it feels like I've lived multiple lifetimes already. <laughs> doesn't it though? Wow. I would love to dig in and take us back. How did this all start? And you know, I know it, it sounds strange, but I think that's the best way for people to really get into your mindset because what you've done uh, this far is extraordinary. And I'm sure you know that, but I think it's also who you are as well. And you are driven. So sometimes people who are driven just think, yeah, but it's it's just me, <laughs> but, but it is extraordinary. So I'd love to just dig in, like, where did this, how did this all start? Uh, were your parents entrepreneurs or how did this all start? Yeah. So I think growing up really young, my, our dad was always an entrepreneur and had his own company. So I always kind of saw what was possible and the work ethic with things and that anything worth having, you know, requires putting in the work. It's yeah. not just going to get handed to you or he made sure to make it very clear that nothing was going to be handed to us. And if he wanted to do something though, he'd support it. So I think that was where we got the mindset. And then growing up to go the skateboarding route, born and raised in a place called El Dorado Hills in California. There was a, we were wakeboarding at the time, at, I think four and five years old. So I think board sports just came naturally for yeah. us. It was 110 degrees. Our dad just bought a wakeboard boat and he said, do you guys want to go um, wakeboarding? We said, no, let's go try skateboarding at the new mm-hmm. skate park that opened. So he goes, wow, great. Um, <laughs> so we did that, picked it up and just fell in love with it. And then soon after that, we were going, I think, seven, eight, nine hours a day at the skate park. And we weren't the best to start off with, but luckily, I think we had some natural talent with us. So that plus the hard work started paying off pretty fast. What's interesting you said about that, I was watching um, a clip from the Ellen show that you guys were on back in 2003, I think it was. And I think what you were, were you eight years old at that time? We were on twice. So I think the first time we, okay. were, two, uh, we were eight years old. And the okay, we, we totally playing. cannot just brush over this. How <laughs> did you get to the Ellen show? Um, I think what kind of made us popular from skateboarding, kind of made a name for ourselves was Back in the day when YouTube had a homepage and, you know, they would feature certain videos per week, we posted a video of ours that went uh, really viral. And that's when all the companies and 
TV stuff all started uh, contacting us, or shall I say my parents or managers, not us because we were pretty young, but... Wow. And that, re- that really kind of skyrocketed it. So, but I remember thinking to myself at that time, you had only been skating for, I think, three years. It was so impressive to see already the level of talent you guys were at with seemingly only a small amount of years behind you with training. Yeah, I think, thank you. But I think it was just like I said, it was the the passion The we all, we, we lived and breathed skateboarding at the time. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I think we got blessed with some natural talent. So it just kind of worked all together. Yeah, it shows. And so I would love to hear that next chapter then. So you guys decide after this great success you accumulate, eh, we're going to hang it up. We're going to, we're going to try tennis now. Could you kind of take us through that part of it? Cause that seems like it was pretty interesting from what you've, what you've mentioned. Yeah. So funny enough, we were actually vacationing out in uh, Scottsdale filming another skateboarding video. I think around when we were 13, after a long day of filming, my brother and I said, Hey, let's go pick up some rackets. I, we see some tennis courts. So we go do that. Both of us fall in love with tennis. And later that night, we're sitting in the pool or hot tub and we both bring up, yeah, I don't think we want to do skateboarding or acting anymore. And so a lot of people like to think it was something worked up by other people, parents or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, I think we had done skateboarding from about six to 13 and a half. So I think in our minds, we have always been competitive. We just wanted, honestly, a new challenge and picked up those rackets and liked the way it felt, I guess. Wow. Yeah. And you had all. And so during this time, you turned down a lot of money, a lot of opportunity. So it really goes to show that you were in it for the love of the game and not all the the shiny objects that came that were presented to you. Definitely. Like we, we experienced a lot of it growing up. So I don't think it was something that either of us felt like we needed to strive for anymore. You know, we weren't doing acting or skateboarding for the purpose of being known mm-hmm. or making money. We were doing it because we truly enjoyed it. So when we quit, it wasn't like, oh, we're gonna miss out on what's to come with the perks of being known in skateboarding and acting, we just said, hey, let's go give this a challenge. This is what we're into now. That's very rare to find that. And your parents obviously were just as supportive from what it seems. For sure. They, they, uh, if, if it wasn't for my parents, I wouldn't be anywhere close to where I am today. So they definitely helped me tremendously throughout everything I've done. I love that. I have a question. How is it that you were able to stay so grounded with your brother knowing that you had these sponsorships coming in and the views, you know, on YouTube for a lot of people. I mean, if we were to look today, it does go to their head and Mm -hmm. they don't necessarily act responsibly with their money. So how is it that you guys were able to just say, you know, you know what, we want to get into tennis. We love something like this. And you weren't caught up with the views and, and everything else that comes with that. I think just the, again, back to my parents, and we had a lot of personal friends that when we came back from doing whatever we were doing, we talked about and did things like normal kids. It wasn't like, you know, we were these other kids doing this or that. We just were normal kids playing around, messing around. And outside of doing that stuff, yeah, it was fun in the moment, but we weren't just sitting at home with our friends or family talking Mm -hmm. about everything we were doing. We were just kids who had kind of two little different lives mixed in together. Yeah, that's amazing. So lead us into what happened with tennis then yeah so tennis we took that same work ethic we um moved to 
Hilton Island, South Carolina with our parents randomly because our parents wanted to change from living in California. They liked the beach. So we said, let's just pick up everything and start a new chapter. So we did that. Started training probably five, six days a week, five to six hours a day. So wow. when we do anything, we, we go into it. <laughs> go all in. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah d- tennis, definitely a different challenge. I think we had some talent in tennis, but skateboarding was just more that natural talent. So we definitely realized, oh, we have to work even harder than we did in skateboarding. And yeah, I think we just started getting better. Started playing a lot of junior competitions, setting big goals and just putting in the work is pretty much what we did. Do you have any regrets from transitioning from the skateboarding now that you're a little bit older and you can reflect back on it? Or do you have zero regrets? I think once in a while, when I look up at people who we were acting with or skateboarding with, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, if we kept up with it, you know, I'm seeing what some of them are doing now. It could be pretty crazy. But to be honest, I don't think the Hollywood life was for me or my morals, yeah. <laughs> seeing what happens to some people and some families. So no, I think I'm I'm really happy with where I'm at. And I think everything I've done has led me, you know, to where I'm at right now. Yeah. It's a great mindset and it shows for sure. You're such a you're such a down to earth person. So and easy to talk to. So those are great qualities to have. And yeah, who knows what would have happened if you would have stayed in that bubble, right? Yeah, exactly. No, I'm <laughs> glad I didn't find out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So let's fast forward now. So you go through the success and highs of skateboarding to tennis. Did you start working with your dad's company at some point? I thought I did. So we did tennis from about 13 to 21 was when we were doing okay. most of oh, it. Wow. And then at 21 decided it's really a grind. You don't get drafted or anything like you do for basketball, football or anything like that. So it's really a, a big risk you have to take for maybe not so much reward. Um, so at 21, made the decision, wanted to be entrepreneurs. So joined my dad's company. He has a food and feed company. So they sell food and feed ingredients to manufacturers worldwide. Loved it. Great learning experience. But I've always been out doing stuff. So for me, something where I don't need to sit in an office yeah. 90% of the time, I was kind of looking for that other outlet and where I could use connections. And I said, real estate looks really fun. So let me give it a try. And now you've been licensed for, is it a year or a little bit over a year? Yeah, a little over a year now. Okay. Yeah. And you're already... I have a question. (laughs) Have you gone into real estate like you went into skateboarding and tennis? Yes, it's a little bit different, you know, with obviously how you can apply yourself, but definitely been taking advantage of getting myself out there, putting in the work that a lot of people don't want to and trying to use my connections as well as I can. Mm Mm-hmm. So what does that look like for you when you transition from your dad's company to real estate full time? You know, I guess just for people listening or watching that are in newer agents right now, especially in this market, very different, right? Because now I think you're at the tail end of the craziness that we had. And now you're Mm -hmm. the first time really experiencing what a completely different market is. How Mm -hmm. has that been? And what tools and strategies have you been able to acquire and lean upon to get you through this next phase? I think, like I said, really getting involved in different places or outlets, whether it's different groups, clubs, gyms, other stuff you can belong to, and really having conversations with people and letting them know what you do in a non-salesperson way has helped me a lot. Just, you know, everybody loves talking about business. So I'd say I got to let them know what I'm doing. And I think that's really helped in doing a lot of things in the beginning, like 
sitting at open houses where you might get one person or two people in four hours is not too much fun, but just applying yourself and, you know, putting in that early work that now you see everything starting to come together much better. So I'm pretty happy with that. What do you think are some of the challenges that you have found? Actually, I'm going to make this Um, a part question. Hang on. What are the challenges that you found, but with your background? right? In, in skateboarding and sports and, and moving yourself through various challenges through then, do you feel like your background has helped you um, moving into real estate, which is such a different kind of industry? Do you feel like you have some skills that maybe other people wouldn't have had that are helping you move forward? 100%. I think I've always been good talking to older people. So mm-hmm. for me, we, were, we always grew up doing interviews, talking, you know, meetings, whatnot. So I know a lot of kids that were younger growing up were always scared going to certain meetings or talking to people that aren't their age. And for me, it's just always been natural and I almost enjoy it more. So I think yeah. just confidence and, and strong people skills is would be the, the best things that I think are, you know, applying to real estate right now for me. Yeah. Have you had any pushback in, in slightly with experience and your age, you know, in possibly acquiring those listing appointments or, you know, an opportunity to work with someone? I've definitely had a little bit pushback because people, you know, will say, oh, how experienced is this guy? He's, you know, half the age of maybe the average agent out there. I think once I can get them in the door and actually, you know, have a conversation, then they start realizing that, oh, he knows what he's talking about. And he's not just the typical 24-year-old. And even with some other agents, I've seen pushback of, you know, making offers or counter offers, they might not take you quite as seriously because they just don't think you have the same experience. So I definitely could see that that for sure. Yeah. I mean, but that's, and that comes with time, right? But you, 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 you are, you're well beyond your years. Even when we had had lunch that day, I remember thinking you're not your, your typical 24 year old. You can tell you hang out, hang out with a lot of older people for sure. (laughs) It's shows. Yeah, no, and I just always enjoyed it. Like I remember going to friends houses when I was 14, 15, 16, and they're all going off to these other rooms hanging out. And I'm spending 30, 40 minutes talking to their parents, asking them about their businesses or what they do. So I've just always been extra (laughs) interested in that. Well, that goes a long way. We talk a lot about uh, young entrepreneurs and how it seems like the workplace right now, a lot of people just don't want to show up and work. Obviously, this isn't you. You have a much different mindset and dedication in life and overall. What do you think it is right now? Like, what do you think is going on in society? Because you're in it. You're in that, you know, age group of you're seeing it all. You know, what do you think it is why people aren't showing up and and dedicating themselves and doing what they say they're going to do? I don't know. It's funny. I was just having this conversation with someone the other day about how I feel like my generation by far nowadays seems like the laziest (laughs) generation when I look back at it. And I think, I don't know, I think a lot of people just are looking at the easy route and nobody wants to put in the effort to, you know, make something real. They all want something quick or easy. And being around anybody that I know that's been successful financially or in any aspect, they, they, anybody will tell you they've had to put in the work and they've had to put in the years of sacrifice. And it's not just going to get handed to you. Maybe one person out of a billion is going to get it handed to them. But mm-hmm. for the majority of people, it doesn't work that way. And don't you think, do you think social media has played a huge part in that from what we see? I, everybody- think, social, I think social media and technology is great in many ways, like the opportunities it's allowed me 
But even on a personal level, I see how people can be depressed because based off what you see on social media, they make it sound like if by 25 or 30, you don't have a Lamborghini and a mansion, you're not doing something right, which is totally false, as we all know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So I think it definitely can play into people being depressed. And, you know, I just think having a healthy obsession with social media is something everybody kind of needs to watch out for themselves and make sure they're not getting too caught up into it. Yeah, for for sure. Yeah, we all know what that can do. You know, I mean, I always ha- I always look at my screen time now and I'm like, nope. I have like designated times where I'll hop on and it's quick. And I think that definitely- I deleted TikTok earlier this year because I just realized I was just scrolling endlessly and I'm like, what am I doing? What is this bringing me? You know, I listened to, um, I, can't, I don't know who it was, something on YouTube the other day regarding that, that it's created by the Chinese, correct? And so mm-hmm. I was, I, I heard they were saying that China actually created a certain algorithm that shows the Chinese, you know, population, you know, only educated things that are going to grow and expand their minds. You know, that's all they, they see over there. But for some reason, the United States algorithm is much different and it's all just garbage. And so the more and more garbage that they can continue to put in front of everyone's eyes, it's like, that's where they want them. They want them to be dumbed down. They want to have them addicted to that app. So it's really interesting, you know, to see. It's the same thing. It's like the same thing as fast food. Why do you think it's so popular in America? Because it's the most addicting. Yeah, it is. And we're the most gluttonous when you think about it as a whole for society. So yeah, I could talk about stuff like that all day long. So what's the next uh, step for you? You're a little over a year now in real estate. What's, What's on the agenda for this next year? Because you strike me as a person who knows that, okay, we're in October right now, you know, start gearing up for 2023 as opposed to starting at January 1st. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just super excited to keep pushing, keep building my clientele. I definitely um, have set some already, some pretty big, because I just finished my first year and, you know, obviously I set a little sales goal in my head, but setting even bigger, you know, for 2023, just want to keep, you know, building things, keep getting more listings and really just take it to the next level where I'm just really making things happen. And when anybody's hearing about real estate in Scottsdale, I'm one of the people they're thinking of. What's one thing that you would like to implement in 2023? Because you, I can see that you are a forward thinker, that you do, you can lay out sort of this plan for yourself. And, and, and it sounds to me like over the years, you have managed to incrementally you know, do better and better and better every year. So what's one thing that you believe that you're going to implement next year that will change and increase your business? Definitely marketing. I think the first uh, first year, you're just trying to figure out how everything works, you know, getting the rhythm with things. How do, how do contracts work? If someone responds like this, how do I, you know, follow up with them? Yeah. But I think using the presence I have online a little bit, and really implementing different ways to market myself and maybe get my name out to people who aren't on social media, which obviously is a lot of the older demographic, which we have living out here. Mm-hmm. You should utilize your skateboarding skills and your tennis skills to incorporate in that marketing because nobody else can do it on that level that I can think of that's a local Arizona agent than you. I mean, they'd be kind of fun to kind of yeah, tap I think, into that. I think I have a background where even with a lot of pro athletes out here, they mm-hmm. can respect going from, you know, a high level of sports to yeah. the business world now. So I think that could be a cool connection I could build with a lot of athletes out here. 
Oh, absolutely. Because I, I can, I know off the top of my head, there's several former ex NFL players and hockey players that are agents right now in the luxury market, but I don't know any skateboarding or tennis. Yeah, skateboarding, skateboarding's a rare one, so I think I might be one of the only. Yeah, I think you have an edge up. <laughs> yeah, I think you sure. might have an edge on that one. I would love to see you do some fun videos. Yeah, I'll be, be waiting cool. to see Why that not? next year. Yep. Yes, I'll <laughs> definitely give that some thought. <laughs> And then what do you think if you could give everybody just one tip that you believe separates the newbies from the rest? Like if you could give one one tip, someone starting fresh in real estate, because you've been able to now you have one year behind your belt right now, that would mm-hmm. really be beneficial for them. What would that be? Would it be like a daily routine? Would it be, you know, just like some systems that you could pass on that helps from you? Starting or once you've already gotten into the game? Once you've already gotten into it, like you've got your license, you hung your, you know, you're with a broker now and you're off to the races. Talk to everybody. Don't be afraid to talk. People aren't going to judge you as hard as you think. And just have the confidence to realize that if you reach out and talk to people, most of the time people will like to have conversations and talk back and you don't need to be afraid to reach out or be afraid of rejection because everybody gets rejected. I like that. That's a good one. The fear. Fear holds so many people back, you know, when you think about it, because you're right. And if it's a no, so what? The more no's you get, the better off you're going to be because there's going to, it's going to lead you to that. Yes. Yeah. We're all going to hear no, probably 10 times each individually today. And that's not going to stop any of us from what we're doing. So exactly. (laughs) Onward and upward. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Is there any question we haven't asked you today? that you feel would be beneficial to people listening right now, especially if they're younger entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And even if it's not real estate, but they're younger entrepreneurs entering an industry that's newer to them. Is there any question that we haven't asked you that maybe you feel could be directed toward them that you could answer? I think maybe about finding the difference between following a passion and following something you enjoy that Mm -hmm. can be better for you financially. So I would say having, there's some people say, follow your passion. And I agree with that to an extent. I don't think if I loved working out at the gym, that for the financial goals I have, that would necessarily pay off. I think you got to have a lot of things as side hobbies and obviously do things you enjoy, but really find something that you do enjoy and can see yourself doing on a a daily basis Mm -hmm. that has the big opportunity for growth and whatever success may look like to you. That's so good. Yeah, I think that's so great because that's yeah. true. Everyone says, follow your passion. And I think I've actually said that at one point, but you're right. Your passion isn't always maybe the best route to, to meet those financial goals, right? But I feel like nowadays, almost anything though can be a huge hit if you put the time and energy into it. Because now we're seeing even like on YouTube, you know, 60, 70 year old grandmas having their own cooking show, you know, and it's like now they have like 20 million followers. So you know, I think, yep. but I think the key is what, what you did say earlier, which is so true is just be consistent and go all in with it. So whatever you decide, just go all in. And I think once things start happening for you, you can probably agree with this. You start becoming more excited about doing what you're doing. So yeah. the, the first year in real estate, or I guess started studying maybe close to two years ago, not that much fun to study. You first get into it. You don't know what the heck you're doing. So mm-hmm. you say, what am I, am I what, is this the right decision? But After, you know, being in it for a year and making some really good progress and pretty good sales for my first year, I can see myself even enjoying it more and wanting to, you know, ramp up everything I'm doing right now. So 
Yeah. I'm excited to see what 2023 brings for you because with your mindset and work ethic, it's the sky's the limit. I mean, there's oh, yeah. nothing that you can't do. And it's, uh, it's fun and refreshing to see that there are people out there in their twenties right now that have great work ethics <laughs> that show up every day. And you definitely are that person when I think of that young entrepreneur. So we appreciate you taking the time coming on today. And I know you have so much going on this afternoon. So thank, thank you, you so much. This was, this has been a really great and I think insightful conversation for a lot of people listening who even, even newer agents who want to give up after six months, mm -hmm. what you just said right now, you know, just hang in there because, you know, it's hard the first year, but the second year gets so much better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Things start happening and it's, it's, I know it's hard in the beginning, but things start happening and it gets more fun and everybody's got to go through it. Nobody starts off in real estate and is, you know, on million dollar listing the first year. So <laughs> right. You're right. <laughs> well, well, thank you so much. And, uh, for any of you who are looking to, you know, connect with Nick and follow him, Nick, tell us everywhere they can find you. <laughs> even if it was for a real estate referral, where can they find you across all the social media platforms, email, website? Instagram is at real Nick and Tristan. My Twitter is at Pusa Tennis. And then um, email is just npusa at gmail.com. Awesome. Perfect. And we'll have all those popping up on the screen too. And uh, everybody will be able to reach out and connect with you. So yeah, if you were looking for a rock star young entrepreneur here in the North Scottsdale area, definitely reach out to Nick Pisa. He is, he is your man. And I can vouch for that. He will show up and do his best. Awesome. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you so thank much. You. And to all of you watching and listening, thank you all for tuning in again this week. And, uh, you know, give us a five-star review, <laughs> share this. Maybe, you know, someone who is going into a new industry, or maybe they just need a little bit of a lift. If they're starting off something new, share this with them. They may find it interesting. And to everyone, we will see you all again next week. Bye for now. Make it a beautiful weekend. Yeah, thank you guys.